Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to our newest episode of Unqualified Observers. I don't know if you know this, but uh, it's actually episode 20, another milestone in the oh, books. Oh, wow. I didn't even you know, notice. That means we've been doing this for five months. Can you believe it? It feels like we started this like a month ago. <laughs> Wait, have we been doing this for five months? Yeah, bro. Four episodes a month. Shit. 20 episodes, really? five months. Dude, exactly. It doesn't feel like it. it really All right. Doesn't. I guess. I guess technically that adds up. Just purely math. I mean, technically, we probably have been going a little longer than five months. Because if you remember, those first couple episodes were not really on a weekly schedule. Right, right, <laughs> so... right. True. Yeah, yeah. But uh, honestly, weekly adjacent. I hope all, everybody clicking on this is really here for a treat because we picked a movie that we figure most people have seen and love, or at least have an affinity or knowledge of. Yeah, this is an old felt, softball. We also felt that there were things we'd like to address that, like, well, I understand where some people that listen to this are going to feel like, why are you pointing out the obvious? We all get this. Stop ruining my childhood. What I would like to say to you is, Fuck there off. are people born every. Yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> That's the way I want to phrase it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna phrase it like we're on, you know, CNN yeah. or ABC News. Yeah, I'm talking sorry. to somebody. Is that there are always people who are coming to things new, afresh. You know, there are 13, 14 year old kids who might stumble across this movie we're gonna talk about, and they won't have that context. They're just gonna look at it with today's eyes and be like, "Whoa, how dare you think this movie's good? It's so offensive." And you would say, and what people, most people would say is, "Oh, you just don't understand. It was a different time." Wrong still offensive what you would say is yeah no it's really fucked up what how america used to be but i still enjoy the movie you know that's how you want to phrase things like yeah you're not you're not a bad person for having like positive feelings about things that were like they like things from your childhood like it's it's fine to do that no one's saying don't do that yeah the only movie also you're not you need to like, like be able to like grow and develop as a person it's like you know like when you when you're like a kid like you don't like complex flavors and things like that, but That's like fair. you're not you're not a, you're not being like I'm not being a piece of shit for for being like okay let's not have Velveeta mac and cheese although I do still like a bit of Velveeta mac and cheese let's have so you know let's have a, a, a nice you know <laughs> let's have a, have an etouffee tonight um, you know oh yeah and I was I just want to say for the record we are talking about the Breakfast Club yeah but. The only movie I feel like, no matter what point in your life you liked it, you're not allowed to like it because it tells me that you're a bad person as Triumph of the Will. If you like any other movie, mostly, I'll probably be like, ah, not a bad person just necessarily because I like this movie, you know? Oh, you mean you mean the other John Hughes films? Yeah. yeah well, like, okay, I would say... I would say that that for the most like so yeah like like sixteen candles is obviously a hot steaming pile of shit and racism like oh my fucking god that film <laughs> like there's you know, literally speaking of yeah let's talk about like we, you know we're gonna talk about the main one the good one I mean there's yeah, a lot of good ones but this one I like the most yeah. but sixteen yeah. candles yeah like that one. It's, yeah, you got I feel Long so Duck bad. Dong coming in, As, and like every time he comes on screen, there's a fucking gong sound effect. Are you kidding me? What blows it, my mind on top of that is like, I I've watched Sixteen Candles now, like like more as an adult, and I can still be like, okay, I can still watch this movie, but obviously, like Long Duck Dong is terrible. The sexual assault and yeah, rampant like grossness that happens in that movie is also like you know people talk about, for example, oh you know, Animal House and Porky's and all this, that, and the other, and then casually forget that, you know, 16 Candles came out 20 years after that and still was yeah. just as heinous. But yeah, yeah, yeah. for me, like, I would say Breakfast Club is, like, the least offensive in a way because 
in all the other ones, like you say, you're laughing at people or like characters of people. Like I didn't understand when I was a kid how like racist and offensive Long Duck Dong was. I thought, oh, it's like a silly comedy. They're just like making gags or jokes, and you don't realize like it's at the expense of a person for their race, and not just because like they're a silly character or something. You know? Yeah, uh, which is which is ultimately you know privilege, but it's still like a, a fully a fully like I I had that same experience. I would say. I, I think that for the most part, I mean, I haven't watched it in a little bit, but Ferris Bueller kind of eschews a lot of uh, so, yeah. some of the, the I haven't watched shit. It, I haven't watched it in a in a while. Like that, to my knowledge, I don't believe there is any like sexual assault. Or but we like could that. be wrong. <laughs> but what I do recall there being is just like the most abundant, absurd amount of white privilege you've seen in your life. Oh, yeah. Movie. Yeah, obviously. But outside of that, you but know. But that's all of it. That's all of the 80s. That's all of – no, I'm sorry. I misspoke. That's all of recorded history as we know it. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, obviously. Um, yeah. And so uh, basically, yeah, uh, I wanted to say anybody that loves John Hughes, it's okay. I love John Hughes. Doesn't mean I can't still be like, you know what would make John Hughes a little better? If you add a little color and took out that racism. <laughs> you know, like, the, I mean, you know, it's okay. like Molly Ringwald like went on record saying that like – John Hughes was like a racist, misogynist piece of shit. Like, like he was like he sucked. Like, like that he was like not fun to be around. And um, just just so everybody can be clear, that's not a shocking revelation. No, name no. name a a minority or gay character or anything of that nature in any John Hughes movie that is treated with dignity or respect. Yeah, I'll no. wait. No, exactly. There is like a woman. <laughs> like any any woman in any in any of his films that is not treated to like a piece of me. Genuinely, if any woman has any agency or like their own thing, because I can't like that's an issue no. with Ferris Bueller is that his girlfriend is just there. I guess you know, just like. But we're here to talk about Breakfast Club, so let's do that. You know, uh, this movie is directed obviously and written by John Hughes. Um, came out in 1985, and why I wanted to do this movie is because we can still talk about. The things we want to talk about mm. without having to delve into like a bunch of other ridiculousness because there's seven people in this movie that matter yeah seven it's well real there's easy. really there's like 10 people total like i mean there's oh there's, yeah. yeah there's there's genuinely if you actually look at the entire cast there are 14 people okay that's fair <laughs> because they you know remember the kids all get dropped off by a parent at yeah the beginning. And, then so they, and then there's the, the janitor and then there's uh so basically the, the, the vice principal or whatever we'll start with the two adults i guess so because they're the ones that are some of them are iconic but they're also lesser characters yeah so you have the janitor carl played by uh john capellos and you have the vice principal richard vernon played by paul gleason and like let me just say richard vernon is like the epitome of an 80s vice principal like a school administrator yeah. You know, Jesus. they still exist now, but less coked up, I would say, would be what they're like now. Just Did you super know that... nosy. No, I, I don't mean to interrupt you. I just saw. Did you know that, that John Hughes is in this film? Hold up. Let me see this. He plays Brian's dad. Really? Yeah. So here's he's... the thing. I don't notice that because I I always, for whatever reason, when I was like, you know, I watched movie as a kid. You forget minor parts. You pick it up on TV. You catch you miss the first five minutes or whatever, you know, I genuinely like for the longest time in my life until like maybe two or three years ago, thought that the janitor was Brian's dad. Really? Cause they're like, cause think about it. They call each other, Carl and Brian. They know each other. They act like there's a relationship yeah. and he acts like he's embarrassed by him when like the other kids are around and stuff. So I was like, is that your dad? Like, 
and I always just read it as that. Like, and that's why, like, when he went to leave and stuff, and he was like, "Bye," you know. He's like, "Yeah, hey man," like because you know, he's more like I. But I don't think that's the case. I really more now feel like that's the only person at school that like talked to him or like hung out with him really, and that's why yeah. James was like, "Dude, I thought we were friends." Like, I talked to you at school every day. You talked to me, like, kind of thing. Like, you know, they might eat lunch together or something for all we know. You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, I, I identify with that as somebody who is friends largely with their teachers in high school. I get it. <laughs> you know, you're just like, hey, man, like, uh, these people don't understand me. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So with that being said, let's get in. And yeah, I wouldn't say it's Vernon. Just love the character. Hate the person. Like, yeah. Because he's yeah. just every douchebag principal, vice principal, school administrator you ever saw in your life. That she's one of the, like, every single one of these kids hates him. And I do love that we'll get into it. But I do love that they all unify. No matter how much the kids hate each other and will like fight and bicker and differ with each other, that that is truly how like kids act. It's well, teenagers, I should say would act is that when he shows up and he's like, what's going on? Who's doing what? Nobody snitches. They're all in it together. They're like, no, fuck you. Like we can fight and bicker and hate each other, but like we all are together against you. Yeah. You I guess so yeah, because like think about it, like when they come in about the drugs or who shut the door or who's screaming or what's going on, everybody's like i don't know i don't know what's going on nope yeah i mean even I mean, even even the I, and i'm going to use just um characterizations of the characters because like they have like what you would call them like um like prototypes or things that they're supposed to archetypes. be represent archetypes thank you yeah and that's a long night and so <laughs> they uh yeah but they have different archetypes so like yeah but the, the, even the geeky character who you would assume is like the one that would be like the snitch or the goody tissues he's like no i'm not saying anything like it's it's chill i got these drugs in my pocket like in my pants like don't worry about it yeah uh but so of these five kids they uh basically you have the geek who's played by anthony michael hall his character's name is brian you have the like queen bee popular you know prissy rich girl molly ringwald plays her her name is claire Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you have the uh the like the kellum just the wild outcast who like people are like i don't understand you like you don't you don't fit into any holes, like let alone like a square peg in a round hole. You don't. There's no peg on existence that fits the hole that you are. Yeah, and that's, you're uh, you're you're a marble in a chess set. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's uh, that's Ali Sheedy who plays Allison. And then have... I thought you were for a second. I thought you were going with uh, with, with with Bender there. I was like, I nope, don't know. I nope, consider myself Bender. Okay, uh, yeah, Ali you're Sheedy. Definitely, okay, you're, fair. Definitely, you're definitely an Allison Kellum. Like, let's all let's all okay, be real. Okay, I, when right. I first. Well, side tangent. When I very first met you in life, I turned around and swear to God, tall male version of Allison was like super long black clothes. Like, oh, I love the cure and I'm super emo and let me have all my hair down in front of my face and all this stuff. Like, barely, like it was like makes weird noises. I don't want to pee us for no reason. Like, let's be I mean, quiet. It and it's was just 17 like, years ago, but yes. <laughs> I said when I very first met you, did I not? No, like, I know. I know. And, I know. and in fairness, you know, she would be only a little bit older than you were at that time. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. just teen angst. You know, like, yeah, like but no, I don't no, know. I was, I, it was, it was, a, I was a mess in high school. No, I get it. <laughs> but then you also brought him up. Bender is the burnout. You know, yeah. the druggie, the guy who skips school, who's gonna like, you know, everyone's like, oh, you're not gonna make it in life, you know. And then, and uh, played by Judd Nelson, who plays Bender. And then you have Emilio. Emilio. I say, speaking of, did you hear that Emilio got fired from uh, Mighty Ducks, the show, because yes, he won't because, go and get a fucking yeah. uh, vaccine? You piece and of shit, Emilio Estevez. <laughs> all I have to say to that, like I told my brothers, is does that surprise you? He's Charlie Sheen's brother. 
No, I mean, not real. <laughs> Wait, so, t- Tangent, do we know if Charlie Sheen got vaccinated? Does I don't know, know if Charlie Sheen... Does anyone Charlie have any... Sheen... Hold on. I, I need some eyes on the ground. Does anyone know if Charles she- Charlie Sheen got... Hey, Siri, did Charlie Sheen get vaccinated? Like, <laughs> I think that Charlie Sheen cannot catch COVID-19 because his body is... Oh, He's look, made of cocaine, you're right. I was going to say, I don't, I don't know if he has since been sober or cleaned up his act or anything like this. So I want to say that, like, from last I heard... I was led to believe that Charlie Sheen had like 60% crack in his DNA. Look, even if Charlie Sheen could have turned his entire fucking shit around and like be like, you know, swigging kombucha and, you know, doing doing sun salutations and that man's body is still like 60% cocaine. I'm sorry. It's not just going to wash out. Like it's, it's exactly. And the man has, let's just say at the bare minimum HIV because I can't remember Jesus if he pulled blown fucking... AIDS or not when he came out with that information. Like, and, so... was, like, and, and I understand the disease is not transferred this way and everything, but also it was like mouth kissing porn stars while being interviewed on like Oprah by it. And I'm like, hold on, you're announcing you have AIDS or HIV and you're mouth kissing porn stars like while you're talking, like what world so are we living a... in? For our, our my favorite uh, segment of the show called Kellum Googles Things, um, I, I found a, a great article um, uh, the, from the the illustrious uh, journalism source uh, Showbiz Cheat Sheet. Uh, the title of this article is Denise Richards said Charlie Sheen threw a chair at her for wanting to vaccinate their kids. So I'm guessing the answer is no, Charles. I'm guessing you didn't get the the, the, what the, if, the jab. What if he threw that chair in excitement? Like, hell yeah, we're going to back. Yeah, he was kid. just so fucking unbelievably jazzed. He had so much <laughs> vaccinated energy. The... <laughs> The, it was the, all that the immortal was... spirit of Dr. Fauci possessed his body. And in that moment, he threw the chair at her, which she then caught and then spun around. Yeah. Uh, what no. I envision, I envision him literally while he's throwing the chair at her yelling, we have how much cocaine in this house? We don't need the vaccine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are made of cocaine, Denise. Yeah. Yeah. Cocaine doesn't get COVID. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, just for the record, cocaine is not a cure for COVID. Don't do cocaine, no. assuming you're going to be I, safe. I, I am gonna. Our first bit of merch is going to be shirt. Are going to be shirts that say "Cocaine can't get COVID," though. <laughs> that is. I be, think that would be a great shirt. That is going to be. The sh- <laughs> it, it doesn't because it, it's imparsible. It doesn't say anything. Like it, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, just just a statement of fact. Yeah, it's just. It's just uh, true. Anyway, yeah, back to get us back refocused off that tangent. Yeah, Emilio. Estevez mm. plays uh, Andrew the jock, and I don't know. Do you want to like break each character down individually, or do you want to just like talk I mean, about so, it in general? So like, so I don't know that we need to. We need to, so we can just yeah. So Emilio Estevez plays like the you know your typical like he's he's the he's the the jock man he he's the sportsman with the jacket with the letter on it and you know if this these are all the characters that we've seen in every coming of age high school story um, it, it just kind of distilled down to their essences um, and of course you know as you go through the film you find that oh there's more to each and every one of them that they're that they are not so that they, they that they have much more complexities beneath the surface and that honestly so they're far more alike than we they than than they are different but what i do like about this movie 
is while that all is obvious and true, they also still answer and tackle like questions that people I think would have or critique. You know, for example, Brian says like, so what happens on Monday when we go back to school? Like we all spent fucking nine hours, which on a side note, let's get, we'll come back to that in a second. Uh, I just want to remember like who the, how long is this intention? And I want to talk about that. But uh, yeah, he's like, you know, what happens on Monday? Like we all spent all this time together. We all bonded. We shared like these memories forever and these things like, are we going to say hi to each other in the hallway? Or are you going to like ignore me? Pretend that it's like, and Andrew, the jock, at least is honest. And it's like, I mean, yeah, bro, I'm, let's, I'm sorry to tell you, but like, I'm not going to fucking high five you or talk to you in the hallway with, yeah. like, when I'm with my friends. Like, that's yeah. just not going to happen. Like, if you catch me outside, you know, by myself after school, dude, come up and talk to me. What's up? Like, I remember you. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, yeah. let's not get it twisted. Like, I have a life to live. Like, uh, you know, Andrew's like, it, it's so complex. Like, they, they really do like establish this hierarchy it like just in with them showing up to detention you know like basically ali sheedy allison like just goes immediately goes to the back corner to like just chill you know kelly mm. yeah the nerd sits front and center obviously queen b which always i don't understand why she did this but queen b is like okay i'll sit you know front but far right and i was like why are you in the front you are a good student okay oh, so yeah. it's probably so everybody can see her because she looks cute and then when Andrew, you know, I, I never really got that vibe from from Molly Ringwald's character. Like, I, I, yes, she was like preppy, but I like never got the vibe that she was really shitty in any way. Um, I just think that she's very elite, very like, oh, I'm better than everybody because well, you get you that know. so much. I mean, think about it. She got detention because she skipped school to go shopping. She was like, oh, I, I can afford all these things and I have all these clothes. Like, why should I be here? When they have lunch, she breaks out sushi, and apparently. Because me and you weren't alive, but apparently in 1985, sushi was not a thing yet. Like people didn't really start turning on the sushi and eating it like that in America until it, like it was. Yeah, it was a far more like exclusive thing. Although to be fair, if I like, I would have no problem doing all that. Like we, you, you and I used to be as elitist as shit. Like I mean, like like we. Used... Yes, but yeah. that was in the a totally different scenario. Yeah, no, I mean, different I'm, just, I'm just saying. Like just, just saying. to be clear, I get we grew up with the, of the generation where. I'm not going to lie to you. Every single fucking person thought they were better than everybody else. Like in my, our grades, like our generation, it's yeah, like yeah. people were like, cause ever, all our parents told us, Hey, you know, you're fucking awesome. Right? Like, Hey, but Hey, by the way, don't, don't forget. Like you are absolutely the most beautiful child that's ever existed. I, I and when you're like four, you're kind of like, not my experience, yeah. but <laughs> well, you have older siblings, but for the yeah. firstborns, you know, yeah. you just get spoiled. Yeah. Uh, and so you're like, oh, okay, cool. And so then when you get to like, high school it's not that you think you're better than everybody else it's just that you think you're fucking awesome there's a difference you know what i mean like i don't think that claire only is concerned with herself i think that she's right. concerned with her image as well you know andrew, like she, I think andrew she's a product of her environment when andrew comes in he's like hey can i sit right next to you like yeah she's like you got a letterman on like yeah okay that's cool you can sit here and then yeah. fucking bender is just like where can i piss off the most people i bender i love like he this person Clearly, he's very obviously like 35 years old. Oh, yeah, let's <laughs> clap. Let's it's like I genuinely like when I was a kid, as an adult, you can't ignore, it. but when you're a kid, you look at it more in terms of oh, he's been held back a grade or two. <laughs> like, that's all you think. Like, that was like a constant thing, though. Like, you've got fucking like, like Luke Perry in 90210, like, you've got all the kids in Greece who are in their 50s, it looks like. <laughs> like what do like, casting directors think? They think that if everybody looks the same age, it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they, but that's the thing. 
they these people don't all look the same age these people look in, in varying like like you know between like 14 you know 16 18 and 36 like okay, it's but but in fairness this is guaranteed a 9 through 12 school so like i mean well, they yeah. can be freshmen sophomore junior seniors yeah. so they can all play but anyway yeah. uh the other thing I wanted to bring up before we get like into the characters and like what the things they do and like you know all the shit. Can we fucking talk about this goddamn detention? First off, Saturday detention. Are you fucking high? I couldn't tell you a single teacher in my entire preschool through graduating that was like, "Yeah, I'll be up here on the Saturday." No, not even the vice principal. And on top of that, vice principals don't run detentions. It's not how things work. And yeah. what detention, what in the world could you possibly ever do that requires you to go to a nine to five detention? Like genuinely. Okay. Like, yeah. Th- that, that was, <laughs> I will, I will agree with that. Cause I was going to say like, I, I frequently was in like wild, like I was in Friday after hours all the time, which in, in our school was essentially you would be, it was like mega detention on Fridays. You would be in detention from like, what three or four until like five thirty, which is really not that long now as like a, a thinking adult but at the time it was like oh my god this is so long um it was but... because general detention which i was mo- most frequented because again uh, okay i'll be real some of the things these kids did yeah actually would warrant like as Callum says this like maximum detention like you yeah. know but other things are like okay you yeah, I don't know how you're here. So, like, yeah, but it's like nine hours. Like, you're literally there for a whole day. Like, they get there early as shit in the morning, and yeah. they leave like at dusk. They have a b- break for lunch. Like, what detention? Like, seriously, on top of that, it's Saturday. That's a kids' day. Like, regardless of what they did, like they're still children. Like, they should have a weekend to enjoy. How are you? Like, this isn't the real world where they're like have a job and they're working like on the weekends like what are you doing so i was i really it bugged me and also how arbitrary things are because there's that scene where bender gets like 47 detentions in a row because he's just like talking back and you're like bro if i was bender i'd be like i'm just not showing up like what like seriously what are you talking about like you want another one yes all right cool that's another one how about that it's like dude are you a parent like you're not this kid's dad like parents can be like oh you're grounded for this oh i'll keep tacking on time yeah that's a parent like that's a different story yeah. But you're the administrator. You have like literally you don't that's not that's well beyond your grasp. Yeah. And there's and, no besides them putting hands like the teacher putting hands on people and doing like it's there's so much stuff that's just is completely inappropriate and wrong. Yeah, how... this is I mean, this is the eighties, so shit was a little bit more like this. I mean when we were in high school in the the shining period of the early aughts, like it was it was a different thing. I mean, I do think I feel like there was like a Saturday detention thing. Like I feel like there was like a a like special secret tier of detentions, um, like for, because uh, like I feel like at like at, like Pesh, they they had like Saturday stuff going on Saturdays. Okay, but here's here's my question because like we went to school like if there's something that's that drastic or severe, there's just called straight up suspension from school. You're not fucking coming, like. Or in school suspension, like how are they not just being like, yeah, you're yeah. in suspension, like you're in detention the whole week of school, like you just aren't going to your classes and stuff. Like that, this seems like this is their solution for detention. That there is no, 
other option or solution. And also what bugs me about it too is I understand completely that this could be a genuine real experience, but it does bug me that in most films about high school, they don't accurately portray high school. Like this might be uh, an experience that some people had. Maybe I'm not here to judge, but pretty much anybody that I know of in high school, one Clicks are not this well defined as you might think. People have friends because like it doesn't make a difference. Like there are clicks of in certain aspects of things, but there it's not as like rigid as you think. It's not like yeah. oh man, like because I'm playing baseball. Like I, I mean, I was in track and field, football, baseball, like all these things in middle school, and still doing all this other stuff. Then in high school, I'm doing theater. I'm doing other like there's you can mix and match. Like there's no set thing. On top of that, also. I mean, like, they, movies portray bullying, like, much different than it happens in real life. Like, from, I'm not here to say that anybody, like, bullying is not a thing. I absolutely know, think that bullying and knowing bullying is a thing. But that people think that bull, there's just, like, this mass bullying that happens is not true. Generally speaking, there are a couple of bullies, maybe, who will pick on one person or two people specifically and mess with them. But, like, it's not like, Oh, I'm going to pick on 117 kids in the school because I'm the bully in the school. Yeah. That's not how things work. Like, I, I will agree with that one. I what that 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 was that part is not really a thing. What I will say about uh, your your previous uh, statement is while yeah, this is something that I, that I've I've learned through the years talking to people and seeing different like situations that so in our situation, so Thomas and I went to a school. Um, our school district was kind of weird, uh, where you would go to one high school for your uh, freshman and sophomore, and then you would go to what is called a senior high school for your junior and senior, simply because there was way too motherfucking kids in this uh, in, in in this district. Like there was like six of these smaller high schools that fed into three of these senior high schools for one city. Um, and in those cities, like in the senior high schools, there would be like still like 2,700 kids. Um, and so when you have that many, there is no way to stratify that social structure in that, in that manner. Because you'd see somebody that you had never seen in your entire fucking life every day that you had gone yeah. to school with for 12 years. Like there, that's, there's, that's there's no way to do that. However, in situations like in most i mean things are changing now as you know we, we but, but at least like back then like and and still in in a lot of ways now um in a lot of places where that's not the the norm where it's like smaller high schools and things like that that 100 percent does happen like that kind of like social stratification of like very clicky like and i did watch a lot of true life on in mtv and, and things like that and that <laughs> really painted that same picture um that that does happen and it is fairly common it is getting less so now just because kids and i will are smarter that middle school is definitely way fucking worse than high school yes thank you middle Middle school school is is where the clicky bullshit kids are the worst they ever are in middle school in high school they start like the people who stay bad it's worse because they're bigger but most people are kind of moving out of that, that a little bit by high school um but uh 
yeah no in in our high school it definitely wasn't thing but i have seen this i can i can attest that this is a thing that happens no matter how weird it is yeah and uh the other thing i also wanted to say is that uh, i'm how do i phrase this correctly like i don't buy your bullshit fake ass sympathy for some of these characters like some of these people are actually genuinely sympathetic and I feel sorry for and other people it's mm. like I'm supposed to feel bad for you for example Claire like when all the kids kind of divulge why they're in detention uh, it's supposed to be like oh here's like some insight into the personal lives of these kids and like give them death you know so Claire it has detention because she skipped school and she's like I should especially at the beginning of the movie she kind of grows they all kind of grow over the course of the film. Yeah. But she's kind of like, <clears throat> why should I uh, have to be punished for being attention? Like, all I did was skip school. You know, that's a harmless crime. It's like a white crime. That's not even a big deal. You know, things like that. And then she's like, oh, well, I'm sorry that I have like a rep, like Kellerman said, I have a reputation and that like, you know, people expect things of me. Like, I would love to, you know, just do this and stuff, but I can't do that because that'll like cost me everything or do these things to me. And it's like, no sympathy for you. Like none. Well, I mean, I, well, well, with like, well, continue what you're saying. I don't want to know. Okay, I was say the other person I have no sympathy for is, well, two people, I guess. But uh, I don't have any sympathy for Andrew. Andrew is in detention because he duct taped this like really hairy kind of chubby kid in school. Like duct tapes his butt cheeks together like super hard and then when they ripped the duct tape off it like ripped all the hair off it, and like it was bleeding and all this other stuff and he's like yeah just feel sorry for me because like my dad always like put so much pressure on me to do all this that and the other and like so i was you know like did all this stuff and i feel so terrible and like all i could think about was like how that kid had to like go talk to his dad and do all this stuff and it's like it just feel like really bad for him and it's like now nah, fuck you you know what i mean like i I experienced that. Like I, I, I get, like, I get what you. I, yeah, I didn't use like, oh man, like my dad yells at me. I'm gonna go duct tape this kid's butt cheeks together. It's like no, no. There's a thing, maybe like a cycle of yelling. Like you know, like your dad might yell at you, so you might yell at some other kid. But like you still chose to physically assault a person. Like you deserve attention, and fuck you for this. Like just don't do that shit. Like. What I will say about about Andrew's character, so like I, obviously yes to to what you just said. Um, I didn't. I never get the sense when I watch this film that he actually he, like the. There's. I never get the the feeling of like oh feel sorry for me. It's kind of like for him. I always feel like it's like, wow, I'm a humongous piece of shit. Like, like 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 I did this like absolutely heinous shit. Like I'm just doing the same shit that my dad does and like and, and like, like it, it never for me it never really feels like that he is like like it never feels like when he, like when he get like because they have this scene where they all kind of like sit around and like they talk like they have this like like you know like talking about like really like the the the, the hard stuff in their life like it never really feels like it, it's to elicit sympathy really and i don't really have sympathy for him in that i have empathy for him because i can see like it, it's like, like i mean he's talking about like a real thing um but like it never feels like that he like it doesn't feel like that they're that the purpose behind it is is to make people feel bad for him it's just like that he's like 
it feels he feels me, bad that he's bad is what it feels like it, yeah but it feels like when i say like sympathy and stuff it's because he feels like you're supposed to feel sorry or pity him because like of those circumstances and it's like i probably would except for the fact that you still chose to do this thing like <clears throat> it's not uh like yeah like, it's like you can feel empathy for him in that moment but i feel yeah. like when they're trying to say like they're trying to get sympathy because it feels like and maybe i'm just like reading it because i've watched this movie so many fucking times and stuff and it's just like you know it does feel like they're trying to kind of justify like the actions he took because of what happened to him and that's where i'm like no i feel no sympathy for you that nothing justifies that i mean they're they're definitely they're trying to humanize this character i mean i think that um i think that i mean yeah, yeah it's really a difference between sympathy and empathy there I mean, it's, you know, it's, um, and then the other person I unfortunately don't feel sorry for is Brian because he got a, or he's like failing shop or whatever. And so he brought a flare gun to school to shoot himself. Maybe I don't, that's unclear. I, like, it's unclear what he would have actually I, done. I think that that was, that seemed like the plan was that he was going to kill himself. Yeah. And I'm just like. I don't know how things work in other places. Like Kellum just talked about how other, you know, districts have different things and stuff too. But to my knowledge, if you, you fail shop, that doesn't necessarily affect anything to do with like your college aspirations. You know, maybe I'll have to take shop again in summer school or something, but like, it's not really that crucial of it's an elective. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's not, I, mean, I don't know. I, I've not known that like shop is a requirement for a diploma. I don't like, think that it, that that was like yes, obviously shop is not a requirement. And I mean, like I remember like when I was in home maintenance and repair in in uh, Plano Senior in Plano East that like I never like I would just like leave in in the middle of class and you guys would roll up on to the outside of class. I just be like yeah. hi, and like that teacher was like. Yeah, I get it. No one needs this class to graduate. Um, but uh, I, I, think I do, that, you said that, and I, I do vividly. I was like, oh my god, that's so right. I did used to do that. <laughs> yeah, like, like literally every. I would just, I would be, I would be. This was a class that I got put in because everyone just got like he, he, uh, our. We had a cool teacher, uh, and he remember he was saying that like, yeah, I found out that literally nobody wants to be in this class, so it was a cool time for me. Um, <laughs> And that like everyone just got put in it. Nobody actually like chose to take the class. And yeah, I would just be sitting back playing uh, Tap Tap Revolution on my iPod Touch because it was 2009. And I would look over and Thomas would and our friends would just be standing outside of the classroom like, what are you doing? And then I would just grab my stuff. I'd be like, I have to go to the bathroom. And he'd be like, okay. And I would take all of my things. And I would just leave for the rest of the day. And then didn't didn't you and Andrew get like kicked out of the school one time that yeah, we did okay, that? Like that we, we were walking through. Technically, a teacher that I already had was like, hey, Thomas, guess what? And I was like, what? He's like, you already graduated. Fuck off. Like, get out of this school. Yeah, he's like, you aren't allowed to be in the school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, that did not go well that one time. Um, but but so back but back to the the matter at hand is that I think, uh, for me it felt like less that like less that this was like a real thing that like oh like like a very like like logical kind of thing but more that like 
it, it just like that he felt like he was under such pressure to succeed perfectly in everything that like the idea of not doing so. I mean, one you also got to remember that like fucking kids don't like the brain isn't even done. Like, like it's not even yeah. kind of done cooking. Like these kids yeah. are idiots um, that like so like in his mind, it's like, yeah, oh, I, I have to I have to get every every grade has to be an A. Like that's my entire job is every grade has to be an A. And he's going to have an F in something. Yes, it's fucking silly. And it doesn't make any sense. But like, while, while it's still that, I, like, I, I can understand his perspective of like feeling that pressure. Yes. Yeah. Also, to me, because this movie didn't know it yet, but like post Columbine and every other horrible thing that's happened since then, like it was like kind of like, by making a joke of it, by having to be like a flare gun and other things, I'm like, that doesn't, you know, people bring guns to school, sadly. And, or just, you know, other like, people show up with guns to schools and stuff much more frequently now. So having like a little joke about like, oh, flare gun, like what were you going to do with that? Like, it's like, I don't. Yeah. If you were to do that now, well. you, that you'd be, you'd be <clears throat> done. Like if you brought a flare gun to school, you'd be absolutely, absolutely done. Like, it's not a oh hey you just got attention one time yeah casual thing You're but anyway um, but the two characters I do feel sympathy for because like they're the ones that you know obviously are the the two outcasts but at the same time it's like not by choice it's like because other people force that on them you know Bender yeah and Allison both have, suffer extreme forms of abuse like literally. We'll start with Allison because that one's a little less clear in a sense. But Allison's family literally gives no fucks about her. Like, yeah. she didn't even have to be at detention. She just showed up because she had nothing else to do. Like, she was like, oh, at least I can hang out with people my own age or do whatever. When you see her, when she gets dropped at the beginning, when she gets dropped off by her parents, she, like, gets out of the car and, like, gets her stuff and then turns around to go say bye to her parents and just drive off. Like, yeah. no, like, bye, I love you, nothing like that. Like, just drive off. Like, they, they do not care about her. Yeah. So like, yeah, I feel I feel sympathy for her. I feel really bad for her. Like, that's a tragic, you know, just literally ignored. Get, doesn't care. So that's why she does all the stuff. She's like, nobody cares. Like, yeah, literally, she, I do all this stuff. She's doing it for attention. Yeah. And then also Bender, like emotionally, physically, like all the kinds of abuse you can possibly think of and imagine. You know, yeah, very poor. You know, basically gets told like he's the reason why they're poor. You know, all like all these things worthless. You know, all that stuff. And then at school also gets told that by all the kids, everything like, oh, you're worthless. You're this, that and the other. And truly can relate in the sense of him being like, you don't know me. You don't know my friends. So like, watch your mouth when you talk about that stuff. Like, you know, things like that. It's like, you don't know. Like, clearly he's like a good dude. He just gets pegged as being like, now don't get me wrong. He does still like. He's a shithead. Like, he's he's, he's not like, like. He's not like a bad person, but he's absolutely a shithead. (laughs) Oh, for sure. He's just like one of those kids. It's like. If you, for example, if you just took away the like sexism and the uh, like trying to look up Molly Ringwald's skirt and stuff, I like that stuff, you took all that away. He's just like a normal teenager. You add that yeah. stuff in, it's like, all right, this is. If you took away all of the really unbelievably, unquestionably horrible things, he'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. Things also that like, I mean, maybe in the 80s, but like people aren't just crawling under desks, like trying to look up skirts. Also, I'm talking to you, Mighty Ducks, uh, which is a 90s movie that had that happening. But, like, that's not a thing. I mean, like, I'm sure there are people who do that because, you know, they're perverts. But at the same time... They're sex offenders. (laughs) Like, 
that's not a hey let's just put this like in a kids movie because this is a thing yeah you know? that's that's that's, uh, that's wild but that's wild. yeah so i feel bad for bender and lsg and also the what i don't like with the movies essentially it's like okay so now uh claire and bender are gonna end up together and like oh here you can have one of my earrings and we're gonna kiss but we already established that none of y'all are talking to each other or doing anything after this with like today yeah so and this then is Andrew's supposed to be dating Allison now or something like and they gave Allison a makeover because that's what needs to happen like just like you said in Greece all these other things like we need to you know like just give the girl a makeover and make her exactly what this guy would want it's perfect so this is you bring up an interesting point here and this is something I frequently ask myself when I when I end up watching this movie uh is so they they of course they have that that time where they're talking about like you know are like essentially like are we gonna like when brian's like are you gonna act like you know me like like all this stuff and then like there is like a period of growth immediately after that 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 is experienced by by all the cast members is that meant to imply that they have decided to forego that like uh, that, that they are going to act like you know that they like that, that they aren't going to be shitty to each other or is it still like like I'm not I'm not certain about that because See, it's just, not if it, if that it, was like at the very end if that was like an end thing of like are you going in there and there wasn't like more character growth after that point I would be like yeah totally and I'm still not saying that that isn't what happens that they that they didn't just go back and like you know they they went back to their you know their their old cliques and they never like associated with each other but like yeah I'm I'm just like basically with every interaction except like allison and andrew because that one seemed like there was more like more yeah that one yeah because it's like oh she's gonna stay like changed and they're gonna be together yeah because like like with with uh with claire and and bender like she gives him her her earring and stuff like it didn't seem like there was like it not that there couldn't be a continuation of that but i could also see that being kind of like you know two ships passing in the night kind of thing i think i think it's like hey we kissed yeah you know whatever maybe when we were getting high in the library fooling around we'll talk about that too because that's always fun yeah. but uh you know fooled around a little bit whatever but like i think the earring was more like a hey just so you can remember me like yeah so i'm definitely so, not going to talk to you or do anything yeah after this. so so you're of the opinion that they they could they definitely did not speak to each other after after the events of this yes i agree completely okay. because like because also like claire had pointed out like what would you say or what would happen if I talked to you while you were with your friends? Like they would say stuff about me and they would like make jokes and, t- and stuff like that. So I think it works both ways in a sense. Cause like, yeah. frankly, it doesn't take, uh, it would be hard to guess that like if Bender, if she watched the hate of Bender and then walked off the Bender and his friends would be like, Oh yeah, you, you having sex with her. You fucking her. Like, what? And, you know, it's like, that's very believable in this world yeah. that they're living in. So, um, but yeah, also, so let's go back to this. Um, these kids smoke weed, 1985 weed. And, Andrew can scream so loud he breaks glass. That's not how yeah, glass what, works. What the fuck is happening in this school? <laughs> oh, like, how is any like they are? Yeah, they're literally like like yeah, they're shattering glass with the sonic vibrations of their own voices. You know how like teenagers do all the time. It's a yeah. it's a well documented fact. They're having dance parties. They're just getting absolutely baked, like absolutely like they're fully torqued, hot boxing. Yeah, so much in this library, like in one of the rooms and stuff like that. And you're like, no one says anything. Nobody. Like the principal comes a, back in. And the janitor. Back in, nothing happens. Everybody. Nobody's like. 
You smell a ton of weed right now. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Oh, you see all this giant smoke still hovering around inside this library and stuff? Like, what? Like, I've, we've been at school when people have smoked weed. You know about it. Yeah. <laughs> you it's you not know a, when people do like, it. You know. You yeah. know. Like, this is, it was just bananas to me. And also, uh, I do like, though, like, I want to not just to harp on, some of the bad things. I do still really enjoy the movie, even with these issues. I just wanted to point these issues out. But I do love like the kids do really come together. You do feel like Kellen pointed out, like you do feel a genuine growth with the characters and like uh yeah. You feel like they actually do actually share emotions and experiences together and this this matters and changes all of them. But at the same time, they still are like true to their characters. You know, when like the vice principal, like they know they're gonna get caught by the vice principal because they're baked as fuck and they were wandering the school. You know, Bender's like, all right, I'll just bite the bullet and I'll just make a ton of noise and be a diversion. And you guys go back and have fun and chill and do all yeah, that. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah, like, that sequence plays out great. You know, I, I love mean, the yeah, music. Yeah. That is that is an important thing to, to remember here. I'm like, yes, we are. We are examining this film through the eyes of people that live in 2021 and like have the kind of social awareness one would hope would come with that but i am constantly reminded is not a given um however that being said or and i should say rather than however and that being said um this movie is still a classic like it's absolutely a classic the music as thomas just said is incredibly good this is a an archetypal uh like high school coming of age story yes it has all the issues that it has yes it is it is it shows privilege on a, a, a massive scale yes it is a completely whitewashed endeavor um, well, I don't know about whitewash. That's not the the property, but it's it's it's, it's devoid it's of all. It's just color. a blizzard um, happening on screen. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Why whiter than rice? Uh, white white on rice and a paper plate in a snowstorm. Um, but uh, it it is uh, it's it's a it's a great movie. I mean, it's you know, it's it doesn't it didn't change me. It doesn't change me every time I watch it, of course, but. Like it's it's good. You know, I mean, it's it's few, a solid film. Few things film. do. Few things. Yeah, do. of of the John Hughes films, this and uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off are the really the only ones that I could recommend to people and like be like, no, you should watch these. Like everything say, else, I'd be like, you can probably you can probably not watch those. I would say, oh, and also this is what stinks in my opinion. You can't really tell people like, hey, go just watch a trailer, and like because they don't trailers aren't made the way they are made now and right. stuff. Like it's just totally different. You can't like yeah. judge a movie how by its trailer, but I was gonna say because just I want to double check. So, of John Hughes movies, you got Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. You got Weird Science. Did Paris you know that John Hughes from... directed Beethoven's Fifth? <laughs> the dog movie? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He is in Beethoven's Fifth. Oh my goodness! Is Edmund Dantes what? No, that is, what? That is, Wait, Edmund Dantes isn't that? Uh, isn't From that like Calamani Christo? Yeah, what? That's weird. He might That's, have I don't understand thing. that. I'm lo- I'm looking at his his credits on IMDb, and it says Beethoven's fifth. Uh, and also Beethoven's third. He is also Edmund Dantes in Beethoven's third. What the fuck was happening? And Beethoven's second. What is happening with Beethoven? He was in every Beethoven movie. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, I, I figured this out. 
So you're looking at it because I also went there because I was so okay. curious. All right. So he was a writer. So okay. these are his All writing right. credits. So oh, when his, it says okay, he's credited Edmund Dante, as Edmund Dante. That was his okay. name he went by. That's which, hey, also, that's the douchiest fucking fake writer's credit I have ever seen in my entire life, John. Like, <laughs> Edmund Dante. Edmund Dante. It's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> but, oh, but you see, notice how it's just Beethoven's third. Like, he was like, oh, this isn't good. This is Beethoven's second. He left his real name still for stuff before and after. But then yeah. he was like, no, nah. that was his John Smithy. <laughs> Yeah. Or Alan Smithy. Yeah, yeah, Alan yeah. Smithy. yeah. That's uh, a Smythe or, or, or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah, he was, man, he did every, like, he could say that. He could not be proud of Beethoven. He did every motherfucking Beethoven. He did Beethoven, Beethoven, Beethoven's second, Beethoven's third, Beethoven's fourth, Beethoven's fifth. He did Beethoven's Christmas Adventure, Beethoven's Treasure Tale. He did every single bit of Beethoven media. He got that is how, fair. How are you, how not, can proud? you not be proud of that? Yeah, you literally yeah, how are you, so how, how are you? How are you? How? Wow. Wow. But yeah, you know what's crazy though is I was looking at this because like for directing and stuff. Because he wrote a lot of movies and a lot of things, but directed, yeah. he only got eight. Yeah. And you got 16 Candles, very problematic. Breakfast Club, we just talked about it. Weird Science, yeah, definitely problematic. Um, yeah. Two guys create like a sex doll yeah, they, in yeah. their bathroom. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, Ferris Bueller, just privileged, but not, not problematic yeah, as not, much. Not as bad as it could have been. Yeah. Uh, planes, Trains, and Automobiles, not, not that bad, you know? Yeah. Uh, then she's having a baby. Haven't seen that one actually. Uncle Buck, quite enjoyed. Curly Sue, have not seen. Can't speak on that one. But that's that's all yeah. I. That's it. I forgot that he wrote Home Alone. We're we're just we're just this. The podcast is just now two guys read. Uh, just talk IMDb. about John Hughes. Just like yeah, yeah. Just like oh, did you know this? Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Like Home um, Alone. I did know that he was a part of Home Alone, but you yeah. said he wrote it. Yeah, but he was also attached to Home Alone after Home Alone too. So. Again, just really doesn't know how to get out. <laughs> doesn't know how to get out when it's when the it's, it's yeah, time. Uh, speaking of, let's talk about this for a second. Okay. This will be what we end our podcast on. I hope you enjoyed the uh, this talk on the Breakfast Club. I hope, I feel like we covered yeah. it. You know, uh, what's what's like the best and worst sequel Home Alone's? Let's talk about this. Oh, okay. Um, so so this is actually so. This is, uh, I, I'm not fully, uh, neither of us are fully, I think, capable of answering this. Because if you had to guess um, how many Home Alone films there were, just like off the top of your head, um, okay. so how I'll many with, would you I'll say there with, are? I will go with the fact that I know for certain of five Home Alone movies. But I also just recently saw a trailer for a new home alone that i thought was a commercial but genuinely ended up being like no this is a trailer for disney plus so that's six okay so you guess yeah, yeah. Is that there's six total or are yeah there there, there's yeah i i could have i could have uh i should have let you go on there a little bit there are six there are six as of as of the latest one comes out this month Okay, because um, I was gonna genuinely guess that there were at least probably two or three I hadn't heard of. You know what I mean? Like, there's my yeah. sisters were telling me there's more Halloween towns than I thought there were. You know, like you ever just like you 
think a series is done and then find out years later oh no 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 that that wasn't yeah. done and you're like yeah that's upsetting no it was done it, yeah it, it was done <laughs> yeah um so really like i can't comment on the uh the second half of the <laughs> of the uh the six but you saw the trilogy at least uh, I did see, I did see the, I, I only saw Home Alone 3 once, and I was like, when I was a very little kid, and I was like, there's a third Home Alone movie. That's not Macaulay Culkin. Who mm-hmm. is this brown-headed child with a bowl cut? Um, uh, I mean, of that, the worst is definitely the third one. Like, it's it's not even a question. Like, it's, there's no... Of, th- the, of the trilogy, if you're going that way, yes, the third one's the worst one. Yeah, but if you're is... going... With the ones that Thomas had to watch, the fourth one. Wait, have you? Seen, how many of these have you seen? Just the fourth one as well. Oh, okay, I saw one, two, three, and then I saw four. I Is saw it one, with the two, same three. Kid as, no, as three? I don't believe so. It's different. It's a girl or something like that. So I, do they do, so has it just become like a kind of anthology series past a point? In a sense. No, where it's yeah, just kind weird. of like stories of children <laughs> being stuck in a house alone. Like there's no really through line beyond that. Is it the same like burglars at least? Like no. nope, nope, nope. They're like so hey, Home um, Alone 4 Taking Back the House released in 2002 is the one that you saw. Yes, uh, because that is my my nephew CJ was born like in the year 2000. Yeah. And or somewhere in that range, and so uh, I was well, he was a very small child, and I can't remember what I had when watching at the time, but like let's suggest it was like I don't know Prometheus or you know something in like the uh, it's for me he's a child he doesn't care. This is still and, Kevin McAllister in in in. Okay, well I'll tell you what I didn't really remember much of this one because it was terrible so um I wait no the... it's not no it's not i'm sorry okay so i don't remember i remember this being terrible because the villains i remember it's not even the like kid and all that stuff but i showed it to him it was terrible he did not enjoy it either real i mean he was like a little kid so he was but like i had to change the channel and put that on whoa because whoa Whoa, I'm reading the plot of Home Alone 4. It is, in fact, the McAllister. Also, did you know yeah. that Sega? Oh, wait, no, I'm looking at the, the I'm looking at the Home Alone Sega game. But no, <laughs> the plot for the the home for Home Alone 4. So it's it's the it's the McAllister parents are getting a divorce. <laughs> and and uh, it it. Yeah, and they recast Marv, like all of yeah, but these were different actors, so in my head they weren't the same. It's still and so like But these parents who were like, I I bet you they got divorced because the dad was genuinely like, How the fuck do you keep leaving our child at like yeah places when we go places? You have one job. Like Sorry, I'm just, I'm just, I'm fully, I'm so deeply distracted by by this this strange tale of oh my god. So I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm just. Peter McAllister, who is finalizing a divorce from his wife Kate, announces to their children, Buzz, Megan, and Kevin, that he and his wealthy, wealthy girlfriend Natalie Calvin are hosting the visit of a royal family at her mansion and invites them to spend Christmas there. After the three initially refuse, Kevin accepts the offer after being blessed 
who is supposed to be at the movie with his friends and and revels in the mansion's luxuries. The next morning, Peter and Natalie go out while Kevin stays with Natalie's servants, Mr. Prescott, the butler, and Molly, the maid. Kevin notices his old nemesis, Marv Merchants, and his wife, Vera, scouting the house. After failing to get Mr. Prescott's attention via the intercom, he drives them away by flooding the mansion. Wait, wait, so is it just Marv? And his wife. And his wife. But it's a different Marv. It's the same. Same character that's supposed to be Joe Pesci, but they recast it with a. No, it, it's like a, it's a different. Uh, no, Marv isn't isn't Joe Pesci. Marv is yeah. um, is Marv Daniel, Daniel Stern. Stern. I yeah. don't know about yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, no, Harry, you, Harry is the tall one. Marv, are you sure? You're right. You're right. Am I? Right in my head. You're right. Marv I... is. Yeah, Marv is the big. Oh, I think. Let me look this up. Jesus. Bear with us, guys. This is, we're really sticking the dismount here. Bear with us on this. Mar- Joe Pesci plays Harry, and Daniel Stern plays Marv. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Wow. Yeah. Um. That that's fucking bonkers to me. I can't believe it. It's the McAllisters the same way through. Like that. That is. That is. The Home Alone to get us back on track because we went on this rabbit hole. That's the worst one, and because I haven't seen five, and or the new one. And Home Alone 2 is the best one because minus Donald Trump, that could also make it the worst because Donald Trump isn't Home Alone 2, lost in New York, and that sucks. Yeah. But Tim yeah. Curry and Rob Schneider are also in Home Alone 2, lost in New York. So that makes a little bit. I just forgot until I just said that, that Donald Trump was in that movie. And now I'm like, do I make it the worst? <laughs> I mean, no, no that, that's, it's, that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, it's but okay. yeah, the, the last two home loans are like with like disparate families. Like the, they are, it's like the, the, the Baxter family and the Mercer family. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, wow, man, <laughs> there, yeah. there is, I don't like that there are more home alone films. That makes me deeply upset. Oh, that makes me sad. You ever wish like things were done? You're just like, yeah, that happens. That's over every day. Every we're not day bringing that life. back. <laughs> yeah, with every waking moment. Yeah. Fuck. All right. Well, we're not we're not talking about Home Alone. So let's yeah, let's and we give, finished Breakfast Club. So let's, let's uh, give let's give the Breakfast Club a rating here, Thomas. What's your rating for the Breakfast Club? I will say, even with the issues, because I can still like appreciate the movie, knowing that it was not made today. So like I can, yeah, not forgive what ha- some of the things, but more just like I can contextualize and understand that white people didn't know better. Apparently, it took until oh they do, you know, but yeah, it took so long for them to understand. But you know, we're still working on it. And I'll give the Breakfast Club like a solid seven and a half out of ten. Like I enjoy it. It's really easily rewatchable, enjoyable. Fun scenes. Yeah, that was that was exactly what I was going to say as well. Seven and a half. That is, um, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'd give this. It, it's you know, it's solid. If anybody hadn't, if I found out that somebody hadn't watched The Breakfast Club, I'd be like, you have, you absolutely have to watch it. I would not like be like, no, you got to watch it right now. Like it's not one of those. But like, no, you like it. This is this is a film that is worth yeah. watching. I think that it is a, important in the scope of modern cinema as like a historical piece in in, in a weird on. way. Can we take a moment? Can we say modern cinema anymore? Because 1985 was right, right. But like something in, years ago. 
but that's still in a lot of ways built what modern sin like the the, the that's tropes fair. that are like there, kind of modern rom-com or yeah sorry, like the, modern the tropes, coming of age yeah all that stuff was established there like these tropes that are constantly reused are were kind of like really set there um yeah yeah i agree i think that you said it really well it's not a movie that like if somebody told me they hadn't watched i'd be like well, we're watching it immediately right now but it is a movie if somebody told me they hadn't watched i would add to the growing list of people that tell them that they need to watch it that they would enjoy it it's worth watching you know somebody yeah. out there will be like no we're watching that immediately i'm not that person you no, know no. I, there's other movies that i'm yeah gonna, i will watch not immediately if you haven't seen it yeah you know we'll talk about that another day you know well maybe we'll cover some of those movies who knows but honestly if you haven't seen the breakfast club watch it you know and if you it. haven't seen the breakfast club again why the fuck did you listen to this episode don't <laughs> listen to our episodes if you haven't watched this stuff. i know that's a bad practice as a podcaster to say hey don't listen to episodes but there's there's not like come on like what are you doing <laughs> this is the way i look at things okay is if you know with absolute certainty that you're not gonna watch what we've reviewed go ahead and listen to the episode sure what's it gonna hurt you can't hurt yeah you know it might sell you on watching the movie in fact but if you already are like oh i'm gonna watch you know dune then just wait until you watch dune and then listen to the podcast although speaking of dune we did get some feedback from some listeners oh did we wait did uh, we get reviews no my sisters so uh I had a couple of friends also say that they listened to it and they enjoyed it. And a lot of people actually said that they really liked the dynamic we had. Of I did you not listen to it. Being a, well, you're a great co-host. No, the fact that you, you said uh, they said that you being a book reader and having more knowledge versus me not being helped out a lot because they said I asked a lot of questions that great. they would have asked because they were like, oh, I didn't know that. And I was like, oh, great. Because I was just asking questions about things that I cared about. Like when he would say something, I'd be like, hold on, let's explain this. Or is this how this works? Like, what's going on with that? Hell yeah. You know? And then yeah, and they were right. like, and they all said that they didn't feel spoiled for our, like part two or for anything else. They were like, yeah, because we kind of tried to talk about things that were more. I mean, I directly future. spoiled part two, but like, yeah. I, I mean, know, like, I get it. in fairness, though, it's like, is it spoiled? Is it? I mean, I suppose you know, that's a matter of, of personal preference. Can, but. Here we go. Let's ask everybody in the world. Can you spoil something that has been public knowledge for over 60 years? Okay, so this, like, is, this is actually – this is an important thing. So, like, for example, if I um, – like, there are – like, at what point does it become, like, that you can say like, – like, this stuff is, like, public knowledge. Like, it's, like, public domain. Like, at what point can you, like, really – yeah, uh, spoiler alert for uh, X Files. If you are have any intention of watching X Files, skip forward for the next like thirty seconds. But like, it'd be like if I said like, oh, you know, like in uh, in like the last uh, season of X Files, uh, Dana and Skelly just aren't fucking there. And it's like Robert Patrick and another agent uh, whose name I currently don't remember. Um, the, like th- that'd be like <laughs> that'd be like a wild statement. Um, but like is that just like fine like at what point yeah i think so i think that the rule should genuinely be that honestly like i think it, that the rule should be if it's on home video you don't get to talk about it like so that in my opinion that means like you get at most like a month to two months because let alone like years uh. think about it like you think about it kellum we can talk about the ending of game of thrones it's been 
gears. I don't give a fuck. If you don't know that fucking they made a terrible choice and made Bran the king, it's your fault. I like mean, you've had how much time? You, you're you're right. I would probably more leeway than that. I would say probably that like I would not spoil something like within like five years, maybe. Like I think we can five all to agree. ten. We can all agree that you can say that like it's purgatory. Like they 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 didn't sur- none of them survived that plane crash. It's purgatory. Can we all yeah, just go ahead yeah. and say that? Like yeah, you know I mean like you can things are like bro. You had time. Don't give me this. Oh, I was watching it right now. I was just going to start. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. But at like, the same time, something that we have to keep in mind is that there are always like new crops of people that are freshly coming to the age where they would watch these things. And so it's like, like for example, say say when when we watched Star Wars for the first time. I don't really give a shit about Star Wars. But like say when we first watched Star Wars for the like it, obviously it had been out for 20 years at this point. Yeah, that and so everything at was at that spoiled. point it, I still think it would be uncool if somebody were... like I would I would not like like that. Yeah, no, I was saying that I think that the limit should be even a few years because I understand where you're coming from. There are new people coming to things. But for example, like you said with Star Wars, we had every fucking thing about Star Wars spoiled for us. We had everything about the Matrix spoiled for us. We had everything about, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, like, do not get me wrong. I knew what happened in Lord of the Rings before I saw Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? Like, there's not people, I was like, I saw Fellowship. I was like, oh man, Fellowship. Like, I'm so excited. Then you have like nerds who are like, Oh yeah, man, it's so great. Can't wait for fucking like Aragorn to like bring back everybody and fucking kill everyone. And you're like, what? Oh, okay, cool. So yeah. we're gonna watch these I movies. Mean... Like you, everything is fables, it's tales. You like, for example, we you go see Hercules, you know what happens in Hercules. You go see Fast and Furious movies, you know what happens in the Fast and Furious movies, like before they even come out. I genuinely understand with like one off things. Like, don't spoil Tenet or Memento or things like that. Like, I get. But other things are like, this is just common knowledge now because you had your time. And then if you watch it now and already know, that's fine. I already knew, like, I didn't pick up on Game of Thrones until after the Red Wedding. So I knew when I first started Game of Thrones what the Red yeah, Wedding was. And like, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. I still enjoyed watching it. I just, that part I already knew and I saw it build and how we got there. And then there were other things that weren't spoiled. You know what I mean? It's not. But I do see what you're saying, actually. That, like, in fairness, there are people who don't know or are just coming to things. Yeah. And to like, all I of didn't, the 13-year-olds, I, I would have, say... I didn't have hours spoiled for me. Like, nobody spoiled that for me. I found it out on my own. Like... Okay, well, you're, like, the one. Because I'll tell you, I knew all these things before I ever saw Star Wars. Oh, Han shot first. Oh, like, I'm yeah. Captain of the Millennium Falcon. Nah. Like, I knew that, Luke, you are my father. Or, you know, Luke, I am your father. Or whatever the fuck the actual line is. I don't care about Star Wars that much either. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I knew all those things before they happened. Like, I knew Boba Fett got killed. I knew all, like, so many yeah. things. Because you're like... Yeah. The line is actually not, Luke, I am your father. You know what no, it's like? No, it's... No. I am your father, or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. It's but it's wild. It's one of those things like beat me up, Scotty. Anyways, we digress. <laughs> is yeah, what those like um, what Berenstein effect or whatever, where it's like uh, the Mandela effect kind of thing, or like Elementary, Dear Watson, like all of these things that never actually get said in in uh, in the things they're attributed to. Um, yeah. But anyways, anyways. But we yeah, anyway anyway, we gave it seven and a half. I think. 
you know, we'll come back next week with something new. You know, we've been on a, a little bit of a nice roll. We'll see what other things, because, you know, it's it's Thanksgiving time. It's, uh, oh, we, I'm sorry, we did get a recommendation, you know, but we could talk about that at another time if you want, when we're not doing this. Uh, but a person did actually recommend a movie for us to watch, and they said they would listen oh. if we did it. And I was like, oh, wonderful. That's, you know, so cool. And I think it'd be a fun thing. We already missed our thing, so maybe we'll just do it next year. We'll, uh, we'll, it's really, we'll, we'll talk about it. You know. We'll figure it out. But in the meantime, and in between time, if you would like to talk to me or Kellum, I'd very much recommend that you hit us up on our Instagram or Twitter, ObserveCast, ladies and gentlemen. If you would like, you could also email us at unqualifiedobservers at gmail.com. If you, it's, just to be clear, we have, ObserveCast doesn't have an Instagram. <laughs> we, we, have, I, we have Instagram. I'm yeah. saying this now because with the hope that by the time y'all are hearing it, we will. Because our social media manager should be getting on top of that, you know. All right, never mind. So maybe that'll be actually a factual statement by the time you hear this, you know. Okay. But I do know that the Twitter has been active, so y'all should get on top yeah. of that. Also, fun fact, uh, Kellum has not followed his own podcast. Dun, dun, dun. I did this a couple hours ago because I saw the <laughs> tweeted uh, the uh, announcement for the Dune episode. I was like, fuck, I'm actually, I saw the people that were like, who's following us? And I was like, wait, I don't see my name on here. <laughs> I had not followed my own podcast. So no, I fixed that. Okay, well, then that's fixed now. Uh, but yeah, you can, <laughs> that's that was so great. Yeah, you can uh, reach out to me personally at Stimpy is King. You can reach out to Kellum personally at cool underscore Gollum. Uh, other than that, like, you know, please follow me at my other podcast, which is uh, Stimson Ain't Easy, you know, which you can listen to the same place you're listening to this. But also, I wanted to say before we get out of here, tell them the one thing I wanted to say is anybody that is a child that would not know the things that we've spoiled and talked about, they aren't listening to this because our analytics show that I think the youngest person that listens to us is over the age of 20. I'm pretty sure yeah, that's that what the analytics show. That's you know, facts. most yeah. most people are like these dudes are old, so. <laughs> but yeah. we complain routinely about how old we are. Only people yeah. our age or older are gonna yeah. listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, other than that, you know, until next time, you know, we still don't have like a a closing, like going out thing. Besides, like bye, we gotta yeah. come up with like a little slogan thing to make our yeah, show we'll just, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just, yeah, you know. We'll see how we'll see how. Right? Just like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And uh, you know, what, so maybe next time we'll be qualified. And if, I don't know, it's not as terrible. Yeah. I'm cutting that out. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. And that, you magic. Bad. <laughs> see? Uh, we're cutting all this out. Nobody's ever uh, going to hear this part because we're going to cut all this out. <laughs> You know. keep that in. That's gold. Oh, you want to keep keep that garbage in? <laughs> it's just no, no, people want to know. All right. Well, Carlos, uh, thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode with us, and we look to our next episode. All take it easy, be and until next time. Bye. Thank you.